Well, here we are on a Wednesday evening. Praise the Lord, we're here. We can still gather together. We can still worship freely. Praise God in heaven for that. Amen? Amen. Take your Bibles tonight. We're going to open them up to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gospel of John, chapter 15 will be our text here tonight. Now, the last time that we met when Pastor was out of town here just a couple of weeks ago, that Wednesday evening the Lord had led and allowed me to share from His Word a brief message concerning, if you recall, if maybe you were here, the strength of our faith. And during the course of that study, as I was thinking about it, we were led to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 to be reminded that it was Jesus, our Savior, that is the very origin or the beginning, and he is also the full completion or the fulfillment of our faith. In fact, Hebrews 12, 2 says, uh, the scripture reads there, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But it says something else about Jesus. The verse goes on to say, Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, if we consider for a moment all that Jesus suffered at the hands of mankind let alone the fact that by becoming sin for us and taking the full wrath of the Holy and Just Father upon Himself in our place, when we consider that, we're still told that His joy was so sound that He was not deterred in the least when His time came to go to the cross. In fact, if you recall, Jesus, as a matter of fact, stopped his disciples from fighting back in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas and the soldiers came to take him. Peter pulled out his little sword and he went to cut off Malchus' ear and he said, it's enough, put it away, stop. Because this is the will of God. So Jesus was pleased, if we recall Scripture, to always do his Father's will. So, after having studied the scriptures uh, two weeks ago to find the source and the strength of our faith, tonight, maybe the Lord will help us again to find in the scriptures the source and the strength to bolster the soundness of our joy. For those taking notes, I've titled the message tonight, The Soundness of Our Joy. Now, John 15 will serve as our source text, reading in John 15, the first 11 verses. Now, once you find your place there, right up front of that chapter, verse number 1 is where we'll start. Follow along as we read. Jesus says here in John chapter 15, starting in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. 
I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. In verse 7 he says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Verse 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So out of that key verse, verse number 11, I believe there's two things we want to take a look at this evening. We're going to look at Christ's joy, because he says that my joy remaineth in you. And we're going to look then at our joy, because Jesus says that it might be full. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, as we look to this message tonight, Lord, there's no possible way that we can fully understand all that you would have us to tonight, but Lord, as you work in us and as the Holy Spirit leads and opens our hearts of understanding, God, won't you accomplish in us tonight something that maybe will change us for, uh, for, for the better, change us, Father, for uh, the balance of our time here on earth. Father, change us so that when we leave this place, Lord, our joy is more sound than ever before. And may we find that soundness in Jesus Christ. God, may your will be accomplished tonight. Help us to understand, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if we are to have Christ's joy remain in us, I suppose we should probably try to understand what that joy is. And maybe we should understand where it comes from. Otherwise, we'll be, I'm going to say we'll be effectively no different if we don't understand Christ's joy and we don't understand where that joy comes from, are we any different than those that don't even know Christ? Because if we don't have a full understanding and can appropriate that joy into our lives, as Jesus says, then our joy comes from where? just like the unsaved. Well, as we've already seen, there was a joy that was set before Jesus, which enabled him, by that verse, to endure all the suffering, even unto death on the cross. Now, what was that joy? And maybe how was that joy so complete and so unshakable in him? Well, those are great questions. And I believe that the best answer to those questions might come from Jesus himself, from Jesus' own words. Now, I believe that as a basis for that joy of Christ, we can begin with even God's own declaration when Jesus was baptized of John in the River Jordan. And you recall that the Spirit descended from heaven like a dove and was upon Jesus. And there was a voice that came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
That sounds to me like the basis for some fantastic joy. Let me ask you something. As a child, growing up, I don't know if you ever heard, I don't know if you never heard, but as a child growing up, one of the greatest feelings and, and most satisfactory feelings and, and fulfillment was to know that mom or dad were pleased with something that we've done. As a basis for this joy that Christ had, we start with, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then let's build upon that for just a moment. Jesus states very clearly in the Gospel of John chapter 6, you can turn there if you like, just a few chapters back, John chapter 6 and verse number 38, Jesus states very clearly, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And then jump down to verse number 40. He says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We're building. Remember, we've got the Father has already said, I am well pleased with my Son. And the will of the Father is that anyone who sees and believes on Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And Jesus said, I will lift them up. Boy, that's, that sounds to me like that's just adding to the joy. Then in John chapter 8 and verse 29, Jesus again says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Now just because Jesus came down from heaven and took upon himself the form of man, it's not that Jesus let him come and figure it out. He said, my father is with me. And Jesus also knew that he was not on his own just to figure it out as he went. Verse 28 of chapter 8 says that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he says, my Father hath not left me alone. He is with me. The very basis, then, of an unshakable joy is that individual and close relationship with God in heaven as the Father. But notice, if you will, that it is so much more than just a namesake relationship. What does that mean? Well, that is... I, I don't know if I dare say it, but I'm going to say it anyway, at the risk of sounding, I don't know, crass. There are a number, any number of folks in certain areas of our country that if you go knocking on the doors and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, where do you go to church? Well, I don't. Oh, um, well, can you tell me how you got saved? No, but I'm a Christian. And I don't need your stuff and have a nice night. Oh, that's a namesake only and it's not even a relationship. 
That's taking a name to make it sound good. But Jesus said it is so much more than just having that namesake relationship. Jesus tells us in our text in verse number 10, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. It's, it, it has to be more than just professing that we know God. We can know Jesus as the Bible presents him, but do we know him personally? See, it's that individual, personal, close relationship that is the basis of an unshakable joy. Without that, then our joy might be momentary if it's even joy at all. Or it might be a momentary satisfaction or happiness. But it's not a true joy. But then, okay, so if that's the basis for the joy that was in Christ, what then of, we talked about Hebrews 12 too, what then of this joy that was set before him, as we saw in Hebrews 12? Well, that joy references the most difficult time and trial in Jesus' earthly life. Now, I, you know, I don't know if, I, I don't think there's really any way we can read it, we can try to understand it, but, but I don't believe there's any way that we can fully understand the burden and the weight of what Jesus faced on my behalf. I don't know if we can fully appreciate the weight. We don't have to. Jesus has told us that he took, a, took it in our place. We don't have to understand that. But it makes me wonder, though, how often have I gotten into some difficult times and couldn't see a way out and just kind of gave up and threw in the towel? Okay, fine, whatever. Just do whatever and, you know, I'll muddle my way through and eventually maybe I'll get through it. And if I don't, well, I don't. How many times have I just given up a sense of joy about being known about belonging to God because I've gotten so wrapped up in what difficulties I am seeing right in front of me. But maybe, perhaps, when we're in those times, maybe that's the time that we ought to go right back to the Word of God and see what Jesus faced in my place. It kind of puts our difficulties in a little bit of perspective. The Bible tells us he have not yet resisted unto blood. The difficulties that we face are our difficulties. The burdens and the weight of what we face are ours. Unless I have shared with any one of you a particular overwhelming burden, you don't face that burden for anyone else. Jesus faced my burdens and your burdens and your burdens and the burdens of the whole world. And his joy was unshaken in the face of that. The scripture does not say, for the joy that was in Christ he endured. The scripture says, for the joy that was set before him 
he endured the cross. Okay, why do you bring that up? What was that joy? Didn't we just talk about the joy that Christ had? Of course we did. Christ had a joy within him. He says that my joy might remain in you. So what then was this joy that was set before him? Well, I believed it stemmed from the knowledge that Jesus has, as he says in John chapter number 10. Turn with me there if you would. John chapter 10. And find your way to verse number 15. The joy that was set before Christ, I believe, stems from this passage. Jesus said in verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The other sheep, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. And verse 18 says, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Facing what he was about to face on, at Calvary, taking the wrath of the sin of the whole world upon himself, I believe Jesus still knew that in the end, he still had the power to take up his life again. He knows that the crucifixion is not the end. He knew that from the beginning. Because we see when he started teaching the disciples, we just studied this a few weeks ago in Mark, he tells them that it won't be the end. He will rise again. Because it is the Father's will. Now turn over with me, if you would, to John chapter 17. You know what this chapter is all about. This is, in fact, the prayer of our Lord Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus knew that he was going to be able to take up his life again because the Father had given him that power. John chapter 17, look at what he says. In verse number 1, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father... Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. You see, friends, Christians, the joy that was set before Jesus was that because he kept his Father's commandments, because the Father was well pleased with him, he would soon be restored to his Father and to the glory that he shared with him before he ever became are crucified and buried and risen again, Savior. Now, think of this for just a moment. Can you see in that the picture of our own reconciliation to God? Jesus said, I am going to be restored. Glorify thou me with the glory that I had with thee once before. He was going to be restored. He was going to be reconciled, if you will. 
Now, Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says this. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. You see, Jesus was reconciled back to the Father. And because of Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled back to our Heavenly Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 18 reads this, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Oh boy, okay, here we go. What is the ministry of reconciliation? Well, it's really not all that difficult. Just as God, by his grace, and through Jesus Christ has not held us to the wrath that we deserve for our transgressions, He has made us witnesses to share with others how they too can avoid having to suffer the incredible wrath that comes with their transgressions. We can be that witness. We can show them how to be reconciled to God. That is a ministry That's our ministry. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation to be that example, to point others to say, look, there is a better way. There's a better outcome. You see that, friends, is the joy that Jesus says should remain in us. That we are forever reconciled to God, the Father, because of and through our belief in Jesus Christ. Doesn't that bring you joy? Amen, that brings me joy. To know that I am forever reconciled to God. But then Jesus also said in our key verse, He said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Oh. Okay, well, that seems like it's a little bit different. I had said just a moment ago that there have been times when I felt like there was really no joy left. If that were really true, if the joy that is in me had really completely gone away, would there ever be any real way of regaining it? I don't know. And I say that because this, true joy, if I have a true joy within me, that true joy can only come from a place of purity and peace and righteousness. And if one has not actually been reconciled to God, as we've just seen from Scripture, then whatever fleeting sense of happiness and contentment cannot remain. For all things are temporal in this world. And if that's where we're trying to find a contentment and a peace and a happiness is in the things in this world, it's all going to go away. That joy will not remain. The only true joy is in Jesus Christ. It is only the things of God, the unseen things that are eternal. That is those things of the spiritual, godly nature. 
So, being reconciled to God means also that our true joy will never leave completely. But, it can certainly feel to us like it's empty. And that's why Jesus said that my joy remain in you and that your joy might be full. Implying that there might be times when our joy really isn't as full as it ought to be. See, Jesus said he wants our joy to be full. He tells us then in our text tonight in John 15. Let's just summarize this real quick. We've already read it. But verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. What is the husbandman? The husbandman is the caretaker. He's the farmer. He's the one that takes care of and prunes and feeds and waters and nourishes. He is the one who takes care of it all. And Christian, can I ask you, are you the one charged with taking care of your salvation for eternity? That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that that charge is on God himself through Jesus Christ. Verse number three, he said, Jesus said, now ye are clean. Remember what I said a minute ago? True joy can only come from a place of purity and peace and righteousness. Jesus says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Therefore, you can have that joy and it can be full. In verse seven, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. And it shall be done unto you. Then in verse 10 again, he says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Well, then Jesus goes on to say, in chapter 16 and verse 24, you don't need to turn there, but it says in John chapter 16 and verse 24, Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive. And the end of that verse says, that your joy might be full. Understand then, Christian, that by keeping His commandments and abiding in Christ and Jesus' words, He says, abiding in us, then those things that we desire and ask for will be in keeping with God's will. And Jesus says, ask and ye shall receive. The psalmist tells us, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Because what we want becomes the same things that God wants. So when we delight ourselves in Jesus, when we abide in Christ, when the words of Christ abide in us, our desires are given to us by God and we can pray and ask for them and they will be granted because that is in God's will. Doesn't it, don't you find that there's just a, a fullness in your heart when you've been praying about something, some burden that you have, and God's grace answers that burden, and you see God's hand at work, isn't there just an incredible fullness that comes over you and fills your heart? That's the joy of seeing God answering your prayer. That your joy might be full. When God graciously answers 
And when we recognize his grace and we see his undeserved favor toward us, oh, it just fills us. So friends, if we ask the Lord to help us tonight to see the degree of soundness of our joy, and then, friends, if we let his words abide in us and change us and bring us back to him in a closer personal and individual relationship, then the soundness of our joy can only increase as we abide more and more in Christ and as Christ abides more and more in us until he takes us to share in the very heaven and glory when we get there. Put on the incorruptible, put on the immortality and we'll be glorified and co-reign with Christ. Oh, if that isn't some joy. Amen? How sound is your joy tonight? Praise the Lord. The soundness of our joy. Amen. All right. Well, we've got a good number of things to be praying for tonight. Let me make sure. What did I do with my pen?